0: to the ninth, I always do this, I should probably check beforehand, Ninth episode of the Friends of Mind podcast. Uh, me and Dean are joined by Aaron today, our first guest on the podcast. Yeah.
1: Are
2: you privileged? I, I feel
1: honoured. <laughs> well, I'm very yes. glad about that. You should, you really yeah. should.
0: <laughs> um, so I think, uh, diving the deep end a bit, I think um, it'd be nice for us to sort of get to know you a little bit, a bit about, about your story, so would you like to take the floor and tell us a little bit about your mental health journey
2: I certainly will. So, uh, right, where do I start? So, basically when I was a lot younger, so I'm 41 now, uh, when I had a bit of a dodgy childhood, shall we say, so parents split up, like some parents do, uh, was homeless for a little while, which was a challenge, uh, then lived with my grandparents, got moved about a bit, uh, then went in the army, got bullied, Uh, came out of the army quite quickly because of the bullying, Uh, then got into an abusive relationship Mm. for three and a half years where uh, I was basically physically and mentally abused by someone for three and a half years. Escaped that, luckily. However, at that point in time was my lowest point where I'd literally planned on how I was going to commit suicide. So I'd literally got this foolproof what I thought was a foolproof plan because I didn't see any other way out Mm. Uh, and it took me a long time to actually deal with that until literally uh, when we had the first lockdown so the first lockdown was where I realized that throughout my life all the stuff that I'd gone through I'd literally pushed deep deep down and I'd done things like going to the gym to try and deal with the mental piece of it and things. Uh, as soon as lockdown happened, obviously, gym shut, mm. cinemas shut. I had no way of escaping everything that was in my head, like a lot of people. Uh, I didn't drink, so it wasn't like a turn to drink or anything. So I literally just completely fell apart mentally. And uh, luckily, the company I worked for uh, would have a really good medical... Uh, private medical healthcare Mm -hmm. so I was able to reach out to someone there and uh, got diagnosed quite quickly with depression Mm -hmm. Uh, and then had to then deal with all the challenges through my life that I hadn't even thought about and so I had things like CBT that I know you guys have talked about Mm -hmm. Uh, a thing called EMDR as well to go through the uh, so the physical abuse, when that got brought up in my therapy, uh, I literally had to relive it. And there was elements the, that were possibly the hardest things I've ever had to think about to deal with. Uh, and that, then the therapist who was really good, and it, it was Zoom, so it wasn't first, yeah. proper face-to-face, first first, but it was as good as we could get at that yeah. time. Uh, yeah she suggested EMDR which I wasn't sure whether it would work and as as a typical male mm-hmm. uh, I was brought up that you don't talk about feelings yeah. you man up you grow up pair you don't talk about these things mm-hmm. uh, and I found it a real challenge to talk to anyone about my mental health struggles and the fact that I literally come up with this plan and had this plan still of how to kill myself and it wasn't until i talked to a therapist who went who actually said to me she was like anyone that had gone through what i had gone through would have mental health issues but i mean i was what from about six to really about 38 where i hadn't even dealt with that so i had gone my whole life Using things like drugs, alcohol, to try and combat any issues that I've done. Or I'd use a technique where I'd just push it to the back of my head and try not to think about yeah, it like, yeah. and think that I was doing great. But then something, so life would change or I'd have a difficulty and I'd just fall apart. Mm. But I never really thought that it was, and that's a lot, sorry. No, <laughs> about, I'll just try to yeah.
1: break all that down, yeah. like, yeah, like, no wonder, like... I mean, parents, breaking up is a big thing. Mm. Um, you know, again, there's people out there, we've got friends whose parents are broken up. It affects them more than they will probably care mm. to admit, so that's a big thing. But so then, I didn't know that you were ever homeless. Mm. I mean, can you touch on that experience?
2: Yeah, so we... And it was the whole family, so it wasn't just me that was homeless. So uh, we were basically kicked out of our house and at the time my parents were very into Christianity so we then we uh, lived at a vicarage but then my parents fell out with the church so we were literally all uh, yeah. on the streets which I mean I was what about five at the time so I was really little and it my, my parents I mean they struggle with it a lot because my dad, his his view of parenthood was have a roof, have food, and the fact that he didn't, mm-hmm. couldn't do that for his family mm-hmm. was tough. It's got a not it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they try to make it I, oddly fun for mm-hmm. the kids. It yeah. was like yeah, yeah. it was like we were camping out type of thing. Breaking when
1: you look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me yeah. a little bit of that pursuit to happiness that we see, he tries to I suppose, protect the child, that's, yeah. and that's what, what they're actually trying to do, mm-hmm. trying to make the best, I suppose, out of a awful situation. Yeah. I
2: mean, we, we were quite fortunate that we weren't on the streets for very long, but it it gave me a level of respect for homeless people that not everyone, I think, has. A choice. I was yeah. thinking
0: about that the other day, cause, uh, or yesterday, I think it was, actually. Because um, I was thinking about it in terms of like the substance abuse thing, I was thinking like, before, because I think I spoke about it on here before, but around my late teens, early 20s, I struggled with that quite a bit. And before then, I really found that I was one of these that was quite judgmental of it, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I was yeah, yeah. thinking, you know, oh, why, why are they doing this to, you know, you call them crackheads and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And then I think sometimes it's not when you actually go through it and you have like this real respect and you realise the reasons they're doing it. It's, you know, it's always stems from something they've been through. You. I don't think there's too many people that have a big issue with stuff like that and use drugs and alcohol. And I suppose that's the same with homelessness. I suppose unless you really go through that and in some sort of respect, you're never gonna truly be able to sort of understand and empathise
2: with us. Most people don't choose to be homeless. No, no. It's not a life choice of, ooh, I know, I'm going to go live on the streets.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've done it as well, like, you know, I think we probably all have at some point where you, they ask you for change and you just sort of pretend to look at your phone mm. and you walk head down. And one thing that I do quite a bit actually is we say, look, if you want something to eat, mm. we'll go and buy them a sandwich mm. or something like that. I suppose wrongly or rightly always a little bit I don't want to give you money yeah, because
2: yeah. you might go and and, drink and that's and judgmental
1: it. because like you just said you go homeless drug addict alcoholic blah blah, blah and that's as you a perfect example of sometimes it's just bad luck to yeah. put someone in that in that situation
0: another thing I was um, thinking about when you talk about the army we're talking about like the stigma around um, you know men not being able to talk about their feelings do you feel like being in that real sort of obviously male masculine environment of the army do you think that really imprinted in you that i shouldn't really speak about this thing do you think they that had that
2: majorly of so plus my dad was a he's uh his view of masculinity is jaded um, i mean he had he didn't have much of a father anyway so he had no nothing to go by but he was and still is to this day a very much a Men should be men and not yeah. talk about feelings and things like that. Yeah, he's tried to commit suicide three times, oh, wow. so he's like, <laughs> he doesn't talk about his feelings, but then he's tried to do that. cry yeah. for help, isn't? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's that older generation, though. Like I, I know that worked with some people who, you know, I've just said to me like, oh well, no you know, people just need to man up and you know get on with it. He's a man. Do you think? You, that's the problem that's why there is such a high rate of men's suicide men's mental health because we don't mm. think you can talk about it and that's what we're trying to do And yeah, yeah. you coming on today and yeah. obviously we spoke a bit on Facebook and uh, I didn't, we didn't realise that you were homeless didn't yeah. we? Like, yeah, in it's, the,
2: uh, the, the homeless thing isn't something I'm I've told many people to be honest apart from now <laughs> yeah. loads of people yeah now everyone uh, yeah but it. It's just. It's a thing. I think I blocked it the most, and it wasn't like it was horrific at all. Like I said, my parents tried to make it fun mm-hmm. and make it like camping and things like. That. Not that I really like camping now, but but that's <laughs> two choices. <laughs> but yeah, <that's> choice. <laughs> but, yeah uh, but yeah, the the army thing was I was young. And I would say I'm from the northeast of the country. And generally where I lived, it was either you go in the army or you worked in a call center. Didn't fancy call center. So I went in the army, Mm -hmm. came out and then ironically worked in a call center.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how long were you in the army for?
2: Uh, Only six and a half months. So I went in in November 99 and came out April 2000. But it was right at the time where they started letting homosexual men in the army Mm
1: -hmm.
2: now in basic training they literally were so homophobic like literally shouting so much abuse at everyone Mm -hmm. uh and it was i mean i'm not a homosexual (laughs) Uh, i just don't know not that it matters no no but uh but it was like it felt really repressive and Mm -hmm. horrible and then i got I got past basic training, which was great. I enjoyed that element too, to a certain extent and then got put in with three of the guys. They made my life a living hell to the point where I slept on my friend's floor in his room and they actually urinated in my bed. So when I left the army, I had to take my mattress, which was stained, to the stores and explain why there were so many stains in it.
1: And how, did that, how was that received from you? The, like, were they interested? So, in
2: so now the couples, again, it was a matter of, oh, just deal with it. Might not
1: mm-hmm.
2: get on with it. It's part of the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm
1: It's not now, is no, it? No, it's no, not. It's not. I suppose, like, I think we've touched on it as well. Like, that's a real intent, be a man atmosphere in that generation anyways. Mm-hmm. Even 20 years ago, there was no... Talk about like mm. in general let alone putting yourself in the environment where there's a lot of people who are trying to prove that I'm the toughest and I'm the strongest and yeah I mean there's no excuse like mm. for that um, yeah I, I don't even know I couldn't be in the army I don't like getting cold wet like that. <laughs> so I'd be no good at yeah. that sort of with,
2: ironically I really don't like being told what to do either without questioning it <laughs> mm. <laughs> which <laughs> going in the army but at the time, I was a very impressionable young lad that was like. Because I originally wanted to go into the Royal Military Police, but I went into the Signals because I was persuaded that that was an easy way in. Mm-hmm. But I never got there.
0: So. I suppose, as well, like the awful cycle, not that obviously excuse it in any way, shape, or form, but you guarantee the reasons as well that they were probably being like that, as if they were probably dealing with a lot of shit themselves, you know. Mm. It's, it's that horrible, in that main environment, they, they they probably feel like they can't speak, yeah. so their only way is to, like you say, try to prove they're men and bully, and mm. it's, I think, really, if we want that type of thing to stop, it's mm. stuff like talking to each other is really gonna help, but it's just, how do you get through to those
1: people in that environment? It's um, so it, difficult. I mean, this is the nicest, mm. this is the nicest way possible, but they almost try to pick on what they think is the, the weak link. Mm. Yeah. So do you think you were targeted? Do you think they looked at you and thought, Aaron's a week we're going to target him? Or was it because you gave a bit back to them? I, the I think,
2: yeah, because I questioned some of it, mm-hmm. they didn't like it. Like it yeah. yeah, And the one thing that's always baffled me about, not that I'm against the forces, I love them to death. Uh, I've got some friends that have been in the army for years and years. Yeah. But what has always baffled me is they don't do a mental check mm-hmm. on people before they give them a live weapon. Mm-hmm. tell them how to shoot it how to kill someone yet they've not done any sort of mental stability check on it's anyone safe. before yeah. that That's
1: mad That's mad it, yeah. Yeah. is it still like that is it still like that now do you know or? I'm not
2: yeah. sure now but when I went in there wasn't anything like, anything like
1: that and I might be wrong was that the so yeah, I take it you weren't there long enough to ever be deployed no. was there talk of being deployed Or
2: so at the time it was it Oh, if I had stayed in for about two years, I would have got deployed. Okay. But uh, And then I would have had to have gone to places like Afghanistan. I can say that out. sort of yeah. time all... Yeah, Northern Ireland and stuff.
1: How I was I, just lucky
2: that I got out when got I did, out, to be yeah. fair.
1: And then when you left the army, what, after that, what was...
2: So, left the army <laughs> at 17, uh, then uh, worked in call centre, got with... Uh, I I call her so I call her psycho bitch <laughs> to basically dehumanise her. Yeah. So it's easier for me to deal with it yeah. than actually say her name and I won't say her name anyway. No, it's not. Uh, But yeah, I got with her when I was eighteen. Uh again still very impressionable and she controlled every aspect of my life to the point where I cut all ties with family, friends, everything. And she, she didn't start off abusive. It was the mental side of things, and then it progressed yeah. to, to the point where she stabbed me in the arm and then blamed me for that. Jesus. Yeah. Aren't you glad you got me on first? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, build into that as much as you want. But yeah. what, what was the first point where you I suppose you realised? ship basically, like, yeah. like, or, 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 was there other people saying to you, you know, this isn't normal, mate, like, so, this isn't,
2: like, well. as, so, the moment, so when I went through therapy and uh, realized the moment that I felt I had to get out of that situation, mm-hmm. we were on holiday uh, at the Isle of Wight, and she was beating me up and I was literally cowering in a shower, crying in literally a ball. And at that point I knew I had to escape it somehow. I didn't have any idea how to, I didn't reach out to anyone or anything. Uh, I just knew that if I didn't get out there, I'd be dead one way or the other. Either Mm. she'd kill me or I'd kill myself. Mm. So I... (laughs) Uh, I decided when we got back home that I would try and... So we were living together as well at the time. Mm -hmm. I'd try and get her out of the house. uh, Try to get her out of the house, which is when she stabbed me in the arm. And then try to blame me. Uh, I'm laughing about it because it's not funny in the slightest, but the way I get through it is to try and laugh about it. Yeah, yeah, so when she... Uh, stab me in the arm. I was like, nah, I'm like you're going out and she uh, When she tried to blame me for it, I was like I even got the knife off her and I like, was Just like going how on earth could I possibly yeah, yeah. Um, get you to stab me in the arm? Yeah, yeah. and I had to physically drag her out the house because she lied down And would not move. So I dragged her out of the house, locked the doors, and got the locks changed the next day.
1: And did um, did she take that or did she come back again? I know
2: she uh, tried to get the police to get her back in the house. Right. Uh, And I I was quite, so I was quite fortunate that I had met someone who lived down here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I used that as an escape. And I got 200 miles away from her and didn't look back.
1: Uh, have you heard anything, seen anything since?
2: So, the the most irritating thing was I sold the house and had to give her money for the house sale. That, that for me, was like, I was like, really, come on. That's oh yeah. killer.
1: I can see by just looking at you, that still pisses you off Oh, yeah, mentally so. I'm like, later, I'm
2: like, she literally made my life hell. And then I had to pay for the privilege of it. I mean, that that for me was, like, the final, like, really what... Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you move down here and yeah, so, start again? Well, like.
2: So, the... <laughs> the, the I can't call it problem. So, the, the thing I had was I met a lady who's my daughter's mum who showed me kindness.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I hadn't had kindness from a woman... Like, pretty much, apart from my mum, briefly, uh, in my life. So, I then mistook that for love. Mm. Got with her, had a child with her, because that's what she wanted. And again, I was still in that mindset of having to, yeah, having to, not necessarily having to please someone, but it was, I was in a bad place mentally, and to the point where she Go to touch me and I'd freak out. Mm -hmm. And I knew she wouldn't hurt me, but it literally, I was that mentally scarred from evil bitch that uh, I couldn't deal with a woman touching me. And even now, although I've had the therapy and everything like that, if a lady is behind me and touches me in a certain place Mm -hmm. and I know who it is, I still have that mental, like, shit, I'm going to get hurt here. Yeah. And that's, what, 23 years. Well. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. I take it it took you a hell of a long time to build up trust again.
2: Oh, majorly so. And Well, see, the, the thing is, so I tried not to bring that into relationships because I know not every person will hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I know that... But at the same time it's that defence mechanism. So after Evil Bitch, I literally bulked myself up that much. I I looked like I was carrying like huge. I was I got very, very muscular because I thought if I'm that muscular, no one will be able to hurt me. Mm-hmm. But mentally I was messed up, majorly, so crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, see, I'm hearing all this obviously for the first, yeah, first yeah, time so actually yeah. always
1: trying to process it and yeah. uh, yeah, then sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. So you then move down here. Yeah. And you, yeah. I mean, what was the the next? is so you had counselling, while so, you were with this?
2: So no, so I didn't actually get counselling until COVID. Okay. So I hadn't dealt with any of this. So or lot. spoke to so the the lady that I was with. So my daughter's mom. <laughs> She she knew a little mm-hmm. of what had happened. She only knew the bits that I could talk about. Mm-hmm. So there were elements like the the shower thing. I hadn't told anyone the fact that I'd got myself a suicide plan. Didn't tell anyone. Uh, and I I told her that she knew that I was abused mm-hmm. physically. Uh, but no, so I genuinely had gone through that relationship then i uh, ended that relationship got another relationship didn't tell her anything about it uh, got with uh, another relationship she knew a lot more because mm-hmm. uh, i was starting to talk about it a lot more but until yeah the therapy i couldn't deal with a lot of it and it was only when I started talking about it and at, at first talking about it really was difficult and it brought back a lot of, so what I didn't realise until my therapist said was that when I started talking about it, I used to get closed. And I used to go back mentally to that place and like make myself smaller and tighter yeah. and clench and things like that. And it was only through EMDR and uh, CBT and talking through. What is EMDR? It, Sorry, it's uh, eye movement distraction. I can't remember what the R stands for, yeah, but yeah. basically, so what was happening was I was talking through it, and the therapist was moving her finger, so getting my eyes to move because when you generally remember things, you look in one particular direction, but if your eyes are moving, it somehow, I don't know the exact yeah, yeah. Uh, science of it, but it makes you relax a bit more. And so, I mean, I literally spent, I think it was about nine months going through EMDR before I got to a comfortable place. So yeah. they, uh, they rate your your memories, of how difficult they are. So there was ones that were like 10, others that were low and not And, and we worked through the low ones first to work up to the big ones. Because the big ones, uh, so the shower one, I wasn't able to talk about for months and months.
1: Which isn't a surprise. No.
2: But I still think my suicide plan was quite foolproof though. Do you want to tell you about it? Yeah, if, you, so, if you're happy to yeah, do Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically the, the plan was get blood thinners, mm-hmm. uh, get some painkillers, get a serrated knife and cut from my wrist down to my forearm on that arm and then do the same on the other arm. Uh, and But be in a bath. Because I was conscious that I didn't want anyone... To have the problems of cleaning up because you could just turn the tap on and all the blood would go. Do you feel
0: off. like um,
2: obviously? <laughs> Sorry. Don't answer. So you don't want. Yeah. No, no,
0: um, no. Um, do you f- feel like there was a particular reason, like you didn't go through with it? Was it was there something you thought of, maybe, or?
2: So yeah, so the reason, so my dad tried to commit suicide three times, and the impact it had on the people that one found him unconscious mm-hmm. to the family. So no one who thinks about suicide thinks that anyone will care if they are mm-hmm. gone, has any other way out and but everyone does. Yeah. So everyone will be missed by someone so I'm getting a bit yeah, emotional. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no everyone will get be missed. No
1: matter how we feel. per mm-hmm. cent. It's good, mate, it's good, don't worry. It's beautiful. Brave, really. It's brave of you to, to open up, mate.
0: Yeah.
1: No, it's so getting, I'm sure. How old so again we don't have to talk about it anymore, but how old were you when that when you tried to or you planned? uh I was
2: nineteen, you years were old 19. Like, yeah. So
1: you'd just come out of the army and you'd moved and you'd move down here, yeah. No,
2: so uh, <laughs> I moved down here when I was 21 i think okay so yeah so my plan was whilst i was with evil bitch
1: yeah
2: it's just
0: i guess you just got to the point where you just feel like you, that was the only escape
2: <laughs> yeah well because c- and so she was really really good at controlling every aspect So I I felt like I didn't have, because I cut all ties with everyone, so I didn't have any friends, Mm. I didn't have contact with my family or anything. So I truly believed that there was no one other than her and her family that cared about me, that were there for me. And then I thought, well, hold on, this person doesn't really care about me, so therefore I've got no one and nothing, so what's the point of even being here?
1: Scary place to be.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really scary, and I mean... People that, like I said, people that think about suicide or commit suicide don't think they've got any other option at all. And it's one of the, I think it's one of the biggest killers of men as well. Yeah. Again, as you guys have touched on before and today, men, a lot of men feel like they can't talk about things.
1: Mm. It's definitely, yeah. I think we've spoken, haven't we? Like... And you, and you touch with them, people just—it is a lot to do, you know. Because yeah. I say people don't want to do it because there must be them that want to do it, but it's always they don't want to do it. They, yeah. Like you just touched on, they feel like they've got nowhere else to yeah. go, no one else to turn to. I mean, yeah. I don't know, what you obviously you didn't, and what, yeah. what was that le, le, light bulb moment where you just sort yeah. of thought actually, like no. Ah.
2: That's a good question uh it's not one i've thought about to be fair so i think it was more the fact that i had and this might be weird, so i had a dog at the time and the one thing that stopped me was who's gonna look after the dog if i'm dead it wasn't any human interaction mm-hmm. at all it was shit, I've got a dog. Yeah. What well, if the dog finds me? It might eat me <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a creepy thing. No, so, no but, it's very okay. true.
1: Very true. So that was, that was the, the dog who saves yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, man's best friend. Which yeah. is why when you came in straight away, like, yeah. you're like no, I love dogs, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Which is, yeah. yeah. That's perfect, mate. I've never been in that, that yeah. situation, mate. So for you to open up... um. I think the reason we're putting both a bit quiet is almost like uh, to have you being so honest is, yeah. is obviously a refreshing thing. Yeah. So.
2: But, I mean, the good thing is now, mentally, I am so much stronger. Mm. Having gone through therapy, gone through MDR, CBT and things like that, I, I still get moments where I struggle. So uh, very recently found out that my job is at risk at work. Which has knocked me for six, mm-hmm. and changes like that still impact me. But now I have, I know I can talk to people about it. Yeah. There are places where you can go to ring, or as you've mentioned, uh, I think it was a place in Rushton, yeah, wasn't Mind, it? Yeah, 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 Mind and yeah. Rushton, that you can go to, walk into, or ring Samaritans. Yeah. There are people out there that actually give a shit mm-hmm. about people's mental health. And men's and women's mental health
0: do you have any other tools as well i mean you seem quite a fit guide you still
2: go? yeah a so gym. uh i do go to the gym although recently i've been doing strictly northampton <laughs> uh, so i've been dancing uh, to keep fit uh, i run a lot of hate running i do hate it with the oh, that, yeah. uh, but i do obstacle course runs and things oh, like wow. that which helps people get of obstacles and things like that, so tough mudders and things like that. I love doing that. And I suppose
0: uh, it's like as well, like silly as it may sound, that mm. those obstacles, mm. in in some ways, you're thinking about them as mental obstacles yeah. as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. sometimes what you overcome physically, it's like lifting weights. They say it's so good because you you know if you can lift this amount of weight in theory, you can you know lift yeah. that mental weight so yeah. to speak. But
2: and, and as odd as it sounds, it's so if like if I'm not doing well at work or something like that i will randomly bake a cake or something mm. and that achievement makes me feel like i've actually done something and yep. achieved something
0: i'm a big proponent of um creativity it's something that really helps for me i think we've, again we've touched on it before but like that flow state you sometimes get in it's so powerful because sometimes like, i i strangely get it with like editing photos and stuff mm. like i'm rubbish at it really but like i go on photoshop and just play about and maybe sometimes a comedy effect you know change people's faces
2: to so can i ask you a question yeah, why sure. did you say you rubbish at it so your first instinct was to go into a negative place mm-hmm. good point whereas yeah. you're far better than me because i've never done mm-hmm. it it's like when i started the strictly thing i said i'm not a dancer yeah but i was learning to dance and i yeah. can dance now so therefore i'm a dancer but I would, I would, And it's not just you, so I do it all the time, I go negative. Mm. So I, I say I'm not a runner, yet I've run literally 35 kilometres, so I can run. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I say I'm not a runner, mm. and my initial instinct and in yours was to go to a negative place.
0: We always compare ourselves to other people, don't yeah. we? And yeah. we never think about what we've got, it's always what we're lacking. Mm. I think it's total human nature. Um, and I want to say, especially among men, um, because of, again, I suppose it's a competitive thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I want to strive to be the best yeah. at Photoshop. Mm.
1: And we you we said before, you always want, almost what you haven't got. So you look at it and you go, even stuff like, I want a, I want a better car, I want mm. a better, rather than, I think, just being content with what you've got and mm. what you are good at. And I'm my own biggest critic with everything, I know you are as well, like... Mm. I think we touched before, like even like compliments. Are, like I mm. struggle to process that. I know you touching it as well, like compliments as well. Like even mm. if I said to you, like that's really good, I've seen you sort of be like, oh, it's not. It, you know, I've done yeah. this. That's a bit rubbish. so. It's, for Aaron to put Aaron, sorry, sorry Aaron. <laughs> to pick up on that. First meeting, is interesting, mm.
2: but it's yeah. uh, so. And again, we going to talk about dancing. So apologies, <laughs> but the. I had a real struggle with one particular dance mm-hmm. and I went to the gym and the guy that owns the gym he went why are you being outsmarted by a baby I went what do you mean he went well babies fall over you don't oh, see mm-hmm. them crying they get back up they try again, right, again yeah. it's like why are you being outsmarted like mentally by yeah. a baby yeah. I was like alright dude that's a little harsh <laughs> but, but, it's, but true. it's true yeah 100% yeah because if you're and I, don't get me wrong I still hate the drive and we'll always hate the jive <laughs> but if I had gone with a mindset of, yeah, I might not do it, but I'll pick it up eventually, I would have then probably enjoyed the experience a bit more than I did. But,
0: meh. That's the thing. There's not a lot, I suppose. I mean, like I say, I do get it with Photoshop, but a lot of the time people do struggle to just do things for the enjoyment of mm-hmm. it because they always strive to want to get better. And I suppose that's like, like you say with you with dancing. Mm-hmm. Like Dance should be something you just enjoy in the moment, but you just mm-hmm. have that thing in your back over. This is not quite good, enough. Yeah.
1: I think we all do it. Even with us to play football, you'd make a mistake, you'd have a bad game and you rather just let you know, we don't get paid to play, like it's a hobby. Mm, yeah. But you just couldn't let it. it would bother me for like two or three days so rather than just going and I can't I mean I'm in a bad mood most of the time, but I come over in a bad mood and like would know, be like the dreaded words of it's it's just a game which is the yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. in context, she was right, like yeah, it's not live, live it's not live yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah. it's not live or die. You know I mean I still get up the next day, or go to work, or do whatever. Um, but for you to do... it touch or back in mm. strictly? So you've never done any so, dancing before. So
2: I'd done... Uh, not proper dancing at all, but... Uh, what's it called? Club size, which isn't dancing at all, but it's routine mm-hmm. based. Uh, but yeah, no, I'd never danced a single step in my life. And then going to do it with 35 other people... Uh, seeing the fact that people are getting better already Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh shit, why am I not as good as that person that comparison? I mean, I literally had a moment and I didn't, as I said, I didn't enjoy the whole experience as much as I should have done because I went through stages of beating myself up that I wasn't picking up and going, hold on, you're an intelligent guy. Why are you not getting its four fucking steps? Mm -hmm. But it... Instead of going, well, I'll pick it up. It's okay, I'm doing okay at this dance. But it was just that mentality that I beat myself up a lot.
1: Now you know that, Yeah. would you do it again?
2: I wouldn't dance again. No. Because, well, no, so I wouldn't do strictly again. Mm-hmm. However, I would definitely dance again. So uh, my partner, oh, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to and I are talking about doing another dance Mm -hmm. one that we can both do together and that for me was a challenge as well is doing it with some a complete stranger felt weird yeah whereas doing it with someone that you care about you can both enjoy it then and get i suppose
0: there's a kind of an element of vulnerability as well i suppose with dance isn't it especially with certain types Mm. of dance which again i suppose as being a bloke can be a little strange yeah. I, mean, I mean I'm quite a flamboyant
2: guy yeah <laughs> hence the moustache yeah. I love it but it's a brave move as
1: well because yeah. I think people automatically and again you're I'm a stereotype but you think of blokes dancing and you just think what are you dancing for you weirdo Like, and it's just yeah. what people associate with it it's not seen as a thing that men do yeah. like, I might be wrong saying no, that
2: no no I, I, I totally get it and it's like the, the guys that did it with me, so the men, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't necessarily they weren't flamboyant, some of them. Mm-hmm. So some of them you look at and go, hold on, you're dancing. I mean, there was one guy who was six foot three and built like a brick shit house mm-hmm. and you wouldn't expect him to dance. to dance. But he was well up for it and mm-hmm. he was throwing himself into it. And he got so much out of it. I mean, unfortunately his... Father went to Cynthia Spencer who we did it for and died whilst we were done whilst we were training. Oh, wow. So he he like had such a personal journey as well, on it. But yeah, he, he was fantastic.
0: And it's that's funny true. as well, isn't it? Because they're most like people anyway, when they get drunk, like in this musical, what's the first thing they do. Yeah. When their inhibitions are gone, that's one of the first things they do. But I mean like, I'm glad you couldn't Yeah. could have, still, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could have But the stigma's still there when people are sober, yeah. it is a bit it is a bit strange. It's right? a weird
1: thing as well, like you touch me there, like drunk like I'm always up in the dance floor just mm. making a sweat mm. on myself mm. I'd never do it sober mm. like I just would never and it's just isn't it weird that like mm. and that's why I'd you for, for doing that to go out there you don't like you don't drink, but mm. to spend eight weeks there was a training yeah I mean to go out and dance in front mm. of
2: 1,200 people Jesus yeah, Christ. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a lot to be fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's
1: and yeah, I I even just committing
0: to something for eight weeks is mm-hmm. like an achievement anyway, isn't no? I mean, I yeah. guarantee I'd have been the type of person that would have gave up after a while, I
2: think. Yeah. Like. And I, I said to Dean before we started, was, during the process, there was one point in it where I was ready to quit
1: because
2: mm. I wasn't picking it up. I wasn't necessarily enjoying it as much as I thought I was. But luckily for me, there was guys that I was dancing with and also because it was for charity, that was like I have yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't possibly not do it because I think I would have. Leech- uh, well, yeah, it wouldn't have been good for my mental health either to yeah. so have quit. For me personally, and um, there were some things you should quit, but not that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah. 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 oh, fair play up a bit, and that's something. Obviously, so you want to do it again, but going forward, can you see it being a, like a regular hobby now? Like,
2: uh, so. Well, um, my partner and I have talked about going dancing, so probably, yeah, it'll be Come of my fitness routine. Because I'd rather do that than run. Because mm. for me, is monotonous and dull. When but. I see
1: you uh, in a couple of weeks at Christmas, I expect a full a routine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want <on> a routine.
2: <laughs> yeah, you down. I'll, I'll, I'll do the tango, not yeah. the jive. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> as I'm there with my mince pie, I want <laughs> a full routine in the living room. We can do that. That would be great. <laughs>
2: That's a deal, mate. Yeah, I look yeah. forward
1: to that. So... How you obviously we've spoken about leaving the army, yeah. the abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. You've got you were with me. You were married. You said yeah. Again, I don't know how much you are gonna touch on that, but do you want to talk about that? Or? Yeah.
2: So, uh, so basically, I realised again during COVID. So with when COVID hit, I was. I don't want to say trapped, but we were all mm-hmm. housebound. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when when I was going through therapy, because it was in the house, I couldn't talk about my issues in my marriage because yeah. my ex at the time could hear everything. Yeah. So therefore, I wasn't able to deal with that either at that point in time. And no, no relationship is perfect, don't get me no. wrong, but there were <laughs> elements in it that, I felt like I was losing myself in the marriage and I was doing things to please her rather than pleasing myself. And I felt completely like I wasn't being me and therefore I wasn't truly happy. And uh, I, I found it really difficult to split because I felt like I, I felt like I was going to hurt someone that I felt didn't deserve that hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was really, really hard to do. And I, again, had to go through therapy post that. Because I basically thought of myself as a monster for hurting someone that I felt didn't re- need or re- require that hurt. Uh, and that was tough. But for me, it was better to do that than carry on and end up making us both miserable.
1: Yeah. And did was, was there any inking from her? Like, did, was she expecting it? Was there... we,
2: so she had tried to have conversations with me about why I was being different and things like that, uh, to which I was just trying to push it on to... Covid or mm-hmm. other things and make excuses for it because uh, I didn't want to face up to it which is ironic as to what I faced up to yeah. uh, but but it was because she was a nice person it wasn't like she was horrible or yeah, anything yeah. like that she just wasn't right for me and I wasn't truly happy in that relationship.
1: Yeah, It's tough but You've got to do what's right, and you've yeah. done the right thing. You know, are you guys amicable now, if you say, Or uh,
2: I think she's still hurting,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, we no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably... that's, yeah. it, that's fair
1: enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. And now, how would you class your? I think it can change day to day, but on a whole, your mental health now.
2: And uh, so I have far more tools. To deal with the mental health I still struggle So like I said The recent thing with my job Knocked me for six So I still And uh, I was actually talking to a friend About this recently Uh, I was like It feels odd Now that I'm actually I know what my mental health state is At times it's harder Than when I used to just push it Right to the back of my head And not deal with it but I know that then comes to a point where it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I am now better at asking for help and going to the places that I need help for, either the tools of CBT or uh, therapy. As as I've said before, the place that I work at the moment uh, has a really good health program where they've got like an employee system program and doctor at hand and things like that
1: that's good yeah. that's good so you, you you feel probably more good days than limb yeah, back definitely. yeah
2: definitely i mean my life uh outside of work is fantastic which is good yeah yeah which is good. i mean work, work at the moment is pretty shit but that's because of the situation mm-hmm. i mean yeah but that will change and the one thing that i'm trying to do is now look at things that i can control Mm -hmm. rather than things that i can't control so i can't control the timelines can't control the outcome right now Mm -hmm. but i can control things like sorting out my cv getting ready for a possible Mm -hmm. like job change and things like that
1: yeah which is good And, and we've again touched on that haven't we sort of yeah, Control, you can't, I you know, you can't control the cost of the living, can't control mortgage rates, but what I can control is who I spend my time with and what I do with my time, and that, that's a good way of looking at it.
2: Yeah. And t- time is the one thing you can't ever get back mm-hmm. or more of. Yeah. And it's the most precious thing that
1: you can yeah, possibly we, give to anyone. Yeah.
0: We spend the majority of the time worrying yeah, 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 yeah. about the future and. Yeah. thinking about the past. It one is. Like say, it's so
1: precious. Time goes so quickly, doesn't it? Time. We've touched on it and not to bring the mood down too much. I look at it and go, I'm 32 in January. I'm the same age as my mum when she died. Mm. Which is just, when you look at it like that, you think, mm. Wow, like it could happen at, at any at any time. So and
0: that's the thing as well. We we sort of approach life all the time as if we're sort of going to live to that you know mm-hmm. age expectancy. What is it like, 90?
2: Nine, nine,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um. We always assume we in the back of our heads all the time that we're going to. But like you say, it could be it tomorrow. But. Yeah,
1: tomorrow's not promised, is it? That's the thing. Um, and I think like you said with CBT, I think that sort of almost made me, from my point of view, just. Just appreciate the moment more and stop, and I'm still not great here, but stop trying to please everyone and and make everyone happy. And even just using your example, like last night, we're out if you want to come out. In the old days, I had a banging headache and that, but I'd have gone, no, I'm going out because I don't want Mm. you to be annoyed that I'm not going out. Whereas I just want to, mate. Feel like, shit, I'm going to go to bed yeah. and watch i Every, do you know what? Um, yeah. And sometimes um, it can be just you don't feel like yeah. That's
0: the thing as well, is that there's is, is that pressure in, it, in those social situations because I've done it before myself mm-hmm. with like, just want a bit of time to myself. Yeah. You don't want to let people down. You yeah. know what it's going
2: down to. Well, well, last night I was at the after show party and there was a guy there going, oh, we're going on to the Boston. And this was like two o'clock in the morning. I mean, I, I don't drink anyway, but I was like, and he was trying to like, pressure me into going, I'm like, do you know what, dude? I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. It's
1: like... <laughs> I know who that is without you even having to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, one if, if you had one message for anyone dropped in...
2: So, my message would be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Because whether it's friends, whether it's mind, whether it's anything... There's always someone willing to help.
1: Which mm-hmm. is good, yeah. And I mean, I've said it before, I'm a massive advocate of therapy, counseling, whatever you whatever you do. It helps me. I know that you've started doing CPT. Yeah. I mean, we haven't touched on that this week. I mean, how are you finding? Um,
0: yeah, good. Um, the last session went really well, actually. It was kind of one of those sessions where it was a bit like knocking back everything I said um but you need that sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm so arrogant in my approach to things in terms of my mental health like I always feel like I have the answers and the you know stuff that happened when I was a kid you know I always had this idea that my childhood was really good do you know I mean there's no blemishes really other than you know in my teenage years but it was one of these where when I spoke about the past it was you know but of course that can affect you. And I was a bit like, well, no, like, you know, and, and so it's very much knocking back the ideas that I had of myself and what has made me the way I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it really helped because, like I say, I think sometimes you need that outside perspective for somebody to just say what you went through can affect you. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it, there's it, varying, it's on a sort of varying scale. And I think sometimes if you've not had real sort of drastic things happen, you can sometimes think that, you know, I don't, like, deserve to have these feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's like if my childhood is, you know, is like nothing anywhere near as bad, you know, as what you went yeah. through, you almost feel like you can't feel those feelings. Guilty she, was, she was just not there me. She was just saying, of course I can. Yeah. You know, and, and it's really there's, good. To yeah, ever,
2: it. ever, there's, again, comparison... How you feel is how you feel. Yeah, about the situation. I mean, people have gone through far worse than I've gone through, and have dealt with it. But I wouldn't compare, or I try not to. But it's human nature, isn't it? To yeah.
0: Because we had um the question as well that um gentleman was um, saying before about how he he kind of asks us the question. You know, do you feel like I should be feeling this way? And it's a bit like you said, yeah. like. That's how you feel, of course. It's
1: everyone has mental health, like and people just deal with it, you know, differently. I think I'm more open, obviously, now than I ever have been talking about it. But in the past it wasn't even a conversation. I mm. will tell you, for the first three years we were together, like it just wasn't it it was. He talked to me, he laughed me and I'd get angry and that would be the end of the conversation. So I think everyone has, and again, I feel guilty for it, because I'd be like, even now when I struggle, I look at it and go, what if I, I've got a job, and I've got a house, mm. and I'm married, and I've got a kid in the way, like, what have I got to be depressed about? But that's my, almost my right, like to feel like that, but you do, yeah. you do sometimes think, why, why? Like Almost like, good guy, bad guy, mm. like... You you shouldn't be depressed and feel guilty for being depressed. Mm, it's a whole other layer,
0: like, which is it.
1: um yeah, and I think CBT was I've therapy helped, but CBT for me was the one. I bet you was the one that really, I suppose, took it onto that yeah, next yeah. level where, like you said, they're talking to you and you're like, they like, explain it so simple that you almost feel stupid for never thinking yeah. it as well. Mm. Like they break it all down and then you go oh yeah why did I ever think of it like that it's yeah I mean I said CBT for me was the real turning point
0: but a lot of people can be too scared to go and try it or ask Mm -hmm. for it which is really unfortunate because and uh, I suppose it can come from different places but again I think sometimes if we go to therapy it's like we're admitting it and sometimes you know to ourselves and sometimes we don't even want to admit it to ourselves it's because i found that i think i said before like while I was sitting in the car before my first session i was a bit like had that should i just go home and just mm-hmm. not you know knock it on the head sort of thing and i think a little bit of that was the sort of not shame i think that's a harsh word cause, but that you know I, I really didn't want to admit to myself that i needed the help mm-hmm. and i think that's something that's very difficult but i do feel like conversations like this really help yeah because part of me feels like if we didn't start doing this whenever it was nine weeks ago Maybe I wouldn't
1: have gone if you know what I mean. Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. and it's and it's making the conversation. Hopefully, by us doing this, it encourages someone to sit down with their mate, whether that's down the pub or at work or whatever else. And I've touched on it. I've had two or three different times now, whether it's at football or at the pub, where someone who I never thought would speak to me about it sat down and sort of said, well, "We've seen your podcast. Well, what, what are you doing it for?" Mm. Just having that 30-second conversation might make them reach out to one of their friends yeah. who is a bit quiet at the moment, might not be applying in the WhatsApp group, might not be coming out as much. And you might just think, and I've done it before, and I've been that person before, which will get like, boring, blah, uh, blah, mm. Reach out to them. And mm. I keep saying it. Just scroll through your contacts and look at one person you've not spoken to for a while. Send them a message. I guarantee they'll apply. Mm. And I guarantee that there's reason that they're hide, not hiding but yeah hiding away because
2: mm-hmm. it's a lot easier isn't it to not talk about it mm-hmm. and think that oh it's okay i'll deal with that tomorrow or yeah, the yeah. next day and then the next day comes and you nah, i'll put it off again mm-hmm. yeah yeah, it's easy. Though. And then it's like what twenty three years, and yeah. then you have still not dealt with it. Yeah, such a
0: thing is mad to think that like some of the first conversations I've had like this are like now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: thirty five mm. years old, and it's crazy. mad. It's, crazy. it's mad at what we forget we talk about as well. I mean, I said in a couple of podcasts ago that I was, I'd been signed off work uh, with for different reasons, and then I was annoyed at Jay. that she'd and told someone, and then I was like. I've just told anyone know, listening to this podcast but my initial reaction was to be like pissed off do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then you sort of look at it you think I've just sat in front of the microphone <laughs> and released on social media so like yeah. can't really be too annoyed about it but but yeah I think fair play for you Like we, we, we strike a little bit on Facebook but for you to come on and yeah.
2: uh, Would, I mean uh, I'm thankful that you invited me to be fair, and if it helps anyone, then that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it will, and hopefully you're the first of many. Many. Yeah. That's uh, don't I mean,
2: be afraid of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that you know we've got ideas that people would like on. It's just whether or not they want to take the plunge. I mean, you have what what made you?
2: Uh, so listening to you guys talking, uh, basically, I was like. It, it so for me the more people that talk about it the better because mm-hmm. whilst i mean before <laughs> i went through any therapy i was like nah, talking about it won't help that's a lot of rubbish but it really does mm.
0: yeah. and sometimes you don't realize until sort of hindsight do you, you know like a few days after you have spoke it just feels like there's a weight lifting off mm. you
1: I, I know I, you touched on it as well like and for me as well this is almost like a mini therapy session, yeah. just just sat there talking, and you forget the microphones there, you forget the cameras there and you just talk and then suddenly just sit back and you go, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you go, D- did I say that? Mm. Like,
2: and, and you guys have like really made it easy for me to open up as well. It's like you, I don't feel at all judged or anything by you guys and it's really nice to be able to talk to other guys yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for being really vulnerable and really open. It's, yeah. it's really important. I think maybe this might be a nice, pleasant way for us to yeah, the... an
1: hour. So, uh...
0: flies, yeah. it absolutely flies. We say you say every week, week, don't we? We, we do. Say week. But yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully, yeah. it won't be the last time.
1: And. uh Hopefully next week. Obviously, it depends on whether or not Baby Bowden is going to make an appearance. What an inconvenience! Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> can always do it from the hospital, can't? are streaming baby. Yeah, yeah just, just one second, Jamie. Yeah. We're, we've got five minutes left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we will hopefully. Yeah, if anybody wants to come on, any questions they want, um, yeah, feel yeah, feel free right. to feel free to come on, and I will give you your hat next time I see you as well.
0: Brilliant. Thank
1: you. Yeah, very nice. all right. Right. See you soon.
0: Cheers, guys. Right. You bye bye.